0: Okay. I think that introduction is a bit uh, scary. (laughs) A strong man in the faith. Uh, Okay, all right. John has confirmed that. All right. I think it's always a privilege to come to church first and to also share God's word. And oftentimes when I have this opportunity to share God's word, I love to thank people for coming to church. Because imagine you come to church and it's just Damien and John and, and they are just cheers, it's going to be pretty difficult. Fine, you might say, well, where one or two are gathered, dear yeah, God is, but sometimes it's not always that, you know, easy to actually just be in church and there's nobody to actually talk to, so I appreciate everybody for coming to church in, you know, in quite a very, very, you know, bad weather, so thank you. And also, thank the leadership team of King's Church, publicly, for the opportunity to share. Uh, let's just say a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for today and thank you, Lord, for our lives. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in King's Church, publicly. Thank you, Lord, for the good things you've done for us in our families, in our businesses, in our careers. Father, we declare that as we're going to hear your word, We pray that the entrance of the world will give us light, will give us understanding. And we pray that your word will go and accomplish what it has been sent to do. I declare that less of me and more of you, that I decrease and you increase, in Jesus' name. Alright, so if if you've been coming to church uh, since January, you would uh, have noticed that the overarching theme of King's Church this year is about passion for the things of God. And you know, all the messages have been centered around passion, desire, seeking for more of God. So, this morning, I will be talking in that line, and I'll be talking on a topic called the kingdom pursuit or the or the pursuit for the things of the kingdom. Now, if you read the Bible, you would discover that Jesus Christ, you know, kept telling his disciples about seeking first the kingdom of God Matthew 6.33 is quite a very very popular verse where you see Jesus saying "Oh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and the righteousness and all other things shall be added unto thee and when Jesus used the word seek now what it means I believe is that he wants us to find something that you might not readily get isn't it Now, for example, I wouldn't say you should seek for air or seek for oxygen, isn't it? Because air is readily available. So you don't really go finding what is not eating or what is not lost, isn't it? So Jesus is saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God. So it means that the kingdom of God is, uh, permit me to use the word, Eden. And saying you need to find it out. But the interesting thing is that anytime Jesus uses the word seek, there is an assurance that you will find. Praise God. So it, it's not uh, a search in futility. So the kingdom search is not you know, a search in futility. So we must have that basic understanding that if he's asking us to seek for the kingdom, it means that we will definitely get it. Because if you begin the search for the things of the kingdom without this understanding, you will probably get, you know, discouraged if you don't find the kingdom. Isn't it? So I'm so excited when Jesus said in Matthew seven seven that seek and you what and you will find. And oftentimes anything Jesus asks you to seek, that thing is so valuable. And whenever you get whatsoever is asking you to seek, it comes with so many other goodies. Now, a very good example: the Bible says, "Book of Proverbs that he who finds a wife does what? Finds a good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord." So, in other words, you're finding a wife because you will readily not get a wife. I, I think that's how I. I love to interpret it. So in other words, when you find a wife, it means you've done a bit of seeking. You've done a bit of searching. And eventually, when you get a wife, the Bible says you don't just get an emotional you know, uh, advantage or an emotional attachment, but you get good things, you get favor. So it's like seek first the kingdom of God and all other things shall be what shall be added unto thee. So when you find a wife, this is not a marriage counselling. This just, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just using that to explain certain things. Uh, okay, because I, I don't think I'm in the best position to talk about marriage because I'm not married. Okay, but it, it's just to encourage us that when the Bible says seek you would find that something else comes with it. Well, I think we also need to understand what the kingdom is all about. We are in the United Kingdom, and I feel that we, we might be able to relate with the word kingdom. But if you have not lived in a kingdom before, you might not understand the concept of kingdom. As a matter of fact... Uh, there are very few countries that operate you know, the concept of monarchy, that kingdom concept. But the kingdom talks about a king that rules in a particular domain, in a particular area. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, what we are saying is that we want God's universal reign to be established here on earth. We want everything our day to day activities, we want it to be what to be determined by God. So what he's saying, in other words, is that you know the constitution or the laws that should guide what we do on a daily basis should be what is in the word of God. And that is why when Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray Matthew chapter 6, it says, let your your kingdom come to earth as it is in what? As is in heaven. So what Jesus came to do when he came to earth was to establish his kingdom here on earth. And it is not a physical kingdom. It is a kingdom of the heart. Now just imagine if God had to come here and establish a kingdom. As a matter of fact, God, as a person now the world, is too small for God to reign. Do you believe that? Now, I keep telling you that if God was to come here in person and pursue it, and is walking, everybody would have to close their ears. Because it's so big. It's so marvelous. So what has he it done? Is saying, I'm going to establish my kingdom here on earth. And you and I we're gonna be the king of this kingdom. So God is not gonna be the king of kings, you know that you and I are not the kings to reign in this kingdom. So what Jesus has come to do is to you know, you know, give us this kingdom so that you know we can be kings and establish God's reign and God affairs in this kingdom. Is that clear enough? And the disciples found it hard to understand this concept of kingdom. Because what they felt was that somebody's going to come with horses, with a gun, and say, Yes, this is the kingdom. So when Jesus was talking about this concept of kingdom, they didn't understand. Jesus called it a mystery. And when you read Matthew chapter 13, I think let's open to Matthew chapter 13. And Matthew chapter 13 talks quite a lot about so many parables. And the reason why Jesus was talking about these parables was to make you know the disciples, was to make his friends understand the concept of the kingdom. Now I'm just going to pick just a couple of parables there. So let's read Matthew 13 and let's start from... Verse uh, um, forty, okay, just a minute. Thirty-one. That's a parable of mustard seed. Matthew thirteen thirty-one it says he gave them another parable, saying, "The kingdom of God is like. Now, why would Jesus speak in parables? Now, parables basically are you know, using you know earthly analogies to explain heavenly concept. So Jesus Christ needed to use basic analogies to explain the concept of kingdom. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field, though it was the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest cardinal plant and becomes a what trees so that the white birds come and nest in its branches now what is this telling us in the kingdom of God is like a seed and when you read from verse 1 of Matthew chapter 13 you know Jesus said the seed is the word of God so he's saying this kingdom that we are in is like a seed it's a kingdom that is found on the word of God that is our legal tender in this kingdom So we really can't do much. We can't do anything without the word of God. So in other words, in our day-to-day activities, what guides our fears is the word of God. And I'm not saying, I I, I see John and I'm quoting the scripture, no. But the underpinnings of our discussion is about the word of God. So John comes to me and says, oh Jimmy, what do you feel about this? And I'm giving John what the Bible has said about this. Not what I think about this, but what God has said about this. And somebody comes and says, oh, my child is not behaving so well. And I give that parent or that mother what the Bible is saying about this. And I tell such parents or such mothers that the Bible says, bring up a child in the way of what of the Lord. And that is what the Bible has said about it. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is about his word. Though it might look so small, though it might look so tangible, though it might look so minute like a mustard seed, but it has the inherent ability to change lives. Hebrews chapter four and verse twelve says the word of God is what is sharp than two edged sword, and it is capable to what to pierce into the word the deep marrows of men. Now well if you're not a doctor, you might not understand what the bone marrow is. But for, you know, for some diseases, particularly for some blood cancers, to make a diagnosis, you have to drill into the bone. The bone is such a very hard thing, and you have to drill into the bone to actually you know, make some definitive diagnosis. Am I okay? Sorry. Just want <laughs> to be sure my medical knowledge is still intact. In okay. And that's because the, the bone is, is, is so hard. Is so compact, and the Bible says the word of God is able to pierce, in other words, no matter how someone's heart can be, the Bible said the art of kings are in his hand. So the Bible says that the word of God can go pierce through the bones, pierce through the soul, pierce through the flesh, pierce through the emotions, and in doing that, the kingdom of God would come to bear. That is so amazing. Matthew 13 and verse 33. He told them another parable. Let's go to verse 33 now. Matthew 13 and verse 33. He told them yet another parable. that The kingdom of heaven is like a yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of flour unto other dough trees Okay. I'm sure if you do loads of baking, you're able to relate with this. Now, if you've seen a yeast before, it's, it's quite small, isn't it? But you put it inside whatsoever you bake it, and before it, what it begins to what make it rise, isn't it? So the Bible said the kingdom of God is also like a yeast that when you put it somewhere, it begins to rise. It might be a gradual process, but it's going to rise. So, in other words, the kingdom that God has come to establish. There is going to be what? A gradual rise of the establishment of his kingdom here on earth. And this is what Jesus has asked you and I to pursue. So Jesus is saying, I first of all want my kingdom to be established in your heart. And for my kingdom to be established in your heart, you need what the word. And as the word of God changes you in and out, you go out there. And also begin to what to declare what the kingdom to the people. Now let's look at another parable. I think that we shared this two weeks ago, forty-four. The same Matthew thing. He said the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field that a person found and hid. Then because of the joy, he went and sold all that he had and brought the field. Now, there's a caveat here. Now, uh, Jesus is not trying to portray a sort of shady kind of a thing. Now, imagine you saw a treasure in a particular land that is probably not your own, and you now want to go sell the land because you want more treasures. No. But what Jesus was trying to teach is that, the kingdom of God, or the word of God, when you begin to read the word of God, you begin to see treasures. You begin to see what you have not seen before. And these treasures are not necessarily things you can feel. They are priceless things, they are invaluable things. One of the treasures God word brings is the treasure of joy, is the treasure of peace. You know, sometimes we don't understand, we don't know how, how much you know, valuable peace is. You don't know how much valuable joy is. So the Bible says that the Word of God is like, you know, reading the Word of God and you begin to see this heaven, you know, these great treasures. And when you have an idea of the treasure, you would go sell every other thing. What it means is that you would sacrifice every other thing just to what dig deep because there are more treasures. So, for example, I read the word of God and I'm beginning to see deep and deeper things. I know there are still deeper things. So, what do I do? Anything that prevents me from having a better grasp of the word. I need to do away with those things in pursuit of the word. Because I know as I read more, I begin to get so better things. And each time I read God's word, I come and I'm so excited. And somebody says, oh, Jimmy, why are you excited? I said, I can't even explain you need to go and 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 see it. but you need to what to let go to so deep more. So sometimes the reason why people don't let go because they are yet to what to see treasures. So when Jesus was saying, "Seek first the kingdom of God and all other things shall be added unto thee." So Jesus is not against the other things. The other things talks about food, shelter, you know, having a big house, you know, getting a good job. It is beyond that. As a matter of fact, sometimes. God needs to give us all these things so that you would know that all these things will not satisfy you. But because we've not gotten all these things, we think that is all to life. Praise God. <laughs> so the question today is that, Are you ready to pursue this kingdom? Now, what are the challenges to kingdom pursue? The first challenge is the fact that we don't know who we are. Second Peter 2 9. Permit me, I'll be quoting the scriptures off of time. It says, We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are only nation. It said we have been brought out of darkness into this marvelous light to what to proclaim the praises of what of God. Now who are you? You need to understand who you are. You are what? You are a king. You are chosen. Now, if, for example, I am born in the lineage of the, of the queen of England, will I need to struggle for things? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think Prince Charles would ever struggle for things anymore. They would never... And you know, and the Bible says that you are also what in the lineage of the king of kings. So because we don't understand who we are, that's when we begin to get so much anxious about the other things. And Jesus is saying when you understand who you are, you need to come more to be. So when we gave our life to Christ, you have become a king, you have become chosen, you have become holy. So the pursuit that you begin, when you give your life to Christ, is beginning to unravel these things that God has given unto you. You know, the story of the prodigal son is so funny because sometimes we think the guy that went is the prodigal son. Yes, it's bad, but the guy that stayed is also as bad as the guy that went. Because the guy that stayed did not know what he had and was saying, Father, I have worked for you years and years and years and you've not thrown a big party for me. And I begin to wonder. You don't have to complain. In other words, he was working under drudgery. He was working under stress. Because he was was actually working. He was actually doing the things of the father. But he did not understand who he was. So as a matter of fact, both of them are the same. Because it was just a matter of time before the eldest one also go out. Yes, it was just a matter of time. (laughs) So, you, know, you must understand who you are. You must also be careful of anxiety. Now, when you read Matthew 13, the same Matthew 13, when Jesus was talking about the parable of the seed and the soil, and he was saying that the word of God, you know, fell on what? On thorns. That was the third, you know, level. He said the first one was, he fell on what? On the roadside. The second one, you know, he fell and. Yeah, on the rock, the third one, it was, you know, fells on thorns. And when Jesus Christ was explaining, it said, those that fell on thorns, and the word of God that fells on thorns, are those in which, you know, the affairs of this world choked it up, and it was not able to grow. So, in other words, you can't be, you know, a fervent Christian in pursuit of the things of God, and, you know, anxieties begin to come in. And begin to choke God's word. Because God's word is so powerful. Everything in life is in God's word. Bible said it is in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Okay? So, you know, you could even be doing God's word. Now, a very good example was when Alpha started. And, you know, we, we actually went out. We, we shared flyers. And, you know, we were so excited about Alpha. Like, oh, people will come. Like, 20, 30 will come. And, you know... The first day nobody came, so we Dami, Lukundu, Thomas, Nicola, we all did the alpha together. And and the vicar of the church was like, are you guys sure this, this thing is meant to come now? Let us shift it to summer. And we were like but like this is what this is what God has asked us to do. Then the following t- uh, Monday, two people showed up and were like, Oh thank you Lord, at last, at last. But we were still bothered. We were becoming more anxious. We were more anxious. Until God told me. That do not be careful for nothing. Now imagine we were. We, we, it was good that we wanted people to come to Alpha. But in the process of that. Our flesh began to come in. or Like oh we want more people. Anxieties began to come in. And every of the words God has given unto us. Before Alpha came. It was choked up. But thank God God were able to like, oh, no, 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 this is what God wants us to do. It was not about the numbers, it was about the lives. And we can say today that Alpha will be running up tomorrow. And God has been so faithful. The testimonies have been so amazing. You know, it is like, you know, that man that found a treasure. And you know, every Monday, you know, when we see the testimony, it's like a treasure. You know, you need to be an alpha. You need to to ask, you know, Tola, ask Thomas, ask Damien, you know, know, about the joys we have when these guys share their testimonies to us. It is like a joy. And at this point, we're not even bothered about whether more people will come or not. Fine, let more people come, but we are so excited about the life. Finally, the pursuit of the things of the kingdom cannot be done by human strength. Hebrews chapter 12 says, it says, now that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witness, let us therefore run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Now the word perseverance, you know, gives me an idea that, you know, the pursuit for the kingdom is not a sprint. It is a a marathon. It is like an Iron Man, you know, race. Yeah, I think I remember when uh Thomas's friend, what's his name now? Lucas talking about Iron Man, we have to run loads of miles, you swim, you're on the bicycle. Now, you know, my master's was something about sport and exercise, and I understand, you know, the place of the exercise physiology. What people have to do, you know, to boost up their endurance, you know, ability. So you know, the writer of Hebrews is saying the kingdom pursuit is, is not a sprint. It is not an Usain Bolt kind of race. It is a Mofara kind of race. Ha. And you will find out that when you look at those that do such kind of race, their physique tells you that. Their lung capacity is much more. They have, you know, an expanded lung capacity. So God is saying, this race... You need that endurance and it comes by the Spirit of God. So I, I'm, I'm trusting God today that there's going to be a release of that, of that grace to endure this race. Because you cannot do it by your strength. Then when you read 4, it says, we should lay aside all things that easily beset us. Now when you look at the sacrifice athletes put for a race. Now I think the next Olympics is in two years' time. Everyone that wins an Olympic medal has been preparing at least four years before that time. Go, go find out. And if you look at athletes or footballers, it's as if some of them don't have a life, because the energy, the sacrifice you put into, into you know, sport is so much, is so much,' it's so much. So are you ready to actually pay this sacrifice? Now, this sacrifice is going to mean that you might have to be more in the body, you know, amongst the brethren to steer yourself. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says that let us consider to know to steer ourselves up in love. He said, therefore, not forsaking the assemblies of brethren. Now, whenever we are together, there is a stirring. There is a stirring. There is a stirring. Now, for those that cook a lot, you find out that if you don't stir, you might not get the best out of that meal. I remember in those days, because I'm the only boy, I've got four sisters, and I felt I could cook. So when I got to uni, and I was trying to prepare, you know, jollof rice, and I found out that I will just put all the other things there. And when the rice is done, I'll find out that there's this chunk of rice that had more salt. The other chunk will not have more salt. This chunk is going you know, to have more maggi. The other one will not have more maggi. And it was it was it was it was just crazy. And you know the problem was that I didn't just I didn't stare well. So in other words, it was not as if there is no Maggie in the one that didn't that didn't feel like there was no Maggie. it was because I didn't stare well. So whenever we come to the body of Christ, there is that steering. It's not as if you don't have those things, but there is that steering. You know, you begin to see those things come to what, come to what come to reality. And he now says Finally looking up to Jesus. Now you're not looking in your kingdom pursuit. Don't ever look to man. Look up to Jesus. Look up to what? Look up to Jesus. Because he is, the Bible says, is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So look up to Jesus. Say, God, this is the race. I want to know, you know, study your word more. I want to go out more for evangelism. By my power, by my strength, I cannot do it. But I'm looking up to you. And as you look up to Jesus, there's going to be what a release of grace. There's going to be, be what a release of power. I just want us to pray now. And, and, I, and I believe so strongly that God wants to cause a release. God wants to cause a release. I believe this is quite prophetic. God wants to cause, you know, an endurance, a perseverance, grace upon somebody. I don't know if you're here today and, you know, you're trusting God for that perseverance, for that endurance. Wherever you are, I want, you know, those around them to just lay hands and just pray for them. Father, we thank you. I heard this in my spirit, you know, you're trusting God for that pursuit. You know, this is what you want. You want more of God. God, let it be a strength. Just for those around them, just lay hands on them. Just pray for them. Pray for them. And Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, you've done so great things in King's Church hard lately. Because this is... A family of passionate people. It's a family, you know, a you know, group of people that are passionate about the things of God. But we know that by our strength, we cannot pursue these things. Lord, we're praying for grace. Grace, grace. Lord, there was a release of grace upon the Alpha team. There was a release of grace upon Nicholas, upon Tom, upon Damon, upon Tola. And Lord, because we know that that, that grace is available, we pray that you cause the release of that grace upon every other person here t- today. Lord, you cause you know that perseverance grace to be available. And thank you, Lord, because through King's Church, how Blakeley, North Manchester, the whole of the UK, we hear the word of God. Thank you, Lord, because even as individuals, as we look deep into your word. Lord, thank you for treasures. Thank you for treasures of peace, treasures of grace, treasures of goodness. And I'm praying here today. I don't know, God is saying I should pray for those that have got issues. You know, that woman had came with the issue of blood. And... I know we have issues, not just of blood. We have financial issues, academic issues, marital issues. God is saying, I am intentional about dealing with those issues. And the question is, are you intentional like that woman with the issue of blood? And I'm encouraging somebody here today that each time you come to, the, to, to meetings like this, be intentional. Be intentional to To touch the helm of Jesus' garment. I'm not saying damaged garment, John's or Luke. No, be intentional. Be intentional. Father, thank you because this body of Christ shall be Mount Zion and we shall possess all that belongs to us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for passionate people here today. In Jesus' name.